Carter. I'm Eloa. And I'm Erin. And if you don't know three black bitches who love true crime, you do now. This is the I Ain't a Killer podcast. Hey, Gilbies. And we back and snacking. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are snacking. Because this table is covered in snacks. We got fruit. We got veggie sticks. We're going to be jerky. We got chocolate. Chucky. <laughs> Organ- organic mango from Whole Foods. Ooh. Yeah. The dry cone. Good on us for being healthy. I mean, yeah. So the way I want some flavor hot Cheeto right now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how healthy this uh this spread really is. <laughs> it's a better alternative. Uh-huh. It's not classic Lay's and hot Cheetos. And, it's true. Yeah. We still need to eat that flaming hot mac and cheese. Me too. Because I'm not going to eat it. Oh, forgot about that. I would have been ate that. Let's do it. Or Chitty's Beer Girl or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got to watch Tubi. Oh, yeah. That's going um, Yeah, we're back. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, everyone. Sorry we missed an episode. Yeah. Uh, a, week, a week before last. Yeah, because we just had one. But, but we're doing better. We're, we're trying we're, to do, we're gonna do our calendar after we finish this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we got full-time jobs, we got family, friends, school. Sometimes mm-hmm. we don't feel like it. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes we just don't. We're <laughs> like, you know what? Niggas just be waking up. You know, the mental health will be helping. So, yeah, so we're back with the current and crime. Let's so, go. Some of y'all may be familiar with this story. Apparently, my two co-hosts were not, but that's okay. Not at um, all. It's ongoing, so I'm going to read an article from The Independent. I'm going to go ahead and throw some uh, trigger warnings on this since I am already familiar with the story. So trigger warning for rape, um, sexual assault, and um, vehicular homicide, I guess. Um, Madison Brooks was killed by a car. Now four men who left her on the road are charged with rape. When Madison Brooks was struck and killed by a car on January 15th, very few details were revealed about the circumstances surrounding her death. The 19-year-old Louisiana State University student was remembered by her friends and family as a bright and joyful young woman who had a lasting effect on everyone she met. Her sorority sisters at Alpha Phi said that Maddie, as she was known to those who loved her, had the ultimate gesture had made the ultimate gesture that conveyed her generous personality by donating her heart and kidneys to save others. But as her loved ones reeled from her sudden loss, the case took an unimaginable turn on January 23rd when the East Baton Rouge Sheriff's Office announced the tragedy was not arbitrary, as initially thought. The department accused four men of directly participating in or witnessing an alleged sexual assault of a very impaired and unable to consent Brooks before dropping her off on a dark road on the roadway where she would later be fatally injured. Kavon DeAndre Washington, 18, and Desmond Carter, 17, were charged with third-degree rape for the alleged assault on Brooks. Mr. Washington's uncle, Everett Lee, 28, and Kaysen Carver, 18, were charged with principal to rape for failing to intervene. Initially, Mr. Carter's identity was kept secret due to his age. Then on February 22nd, the charge against him was upgraded to first-degree rape, and he will be tried as an adult. Brooks's death has sparked outrage in the community of Baton Rouge, with fellow LSU students, parents, and university's president demanding that the suspects be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, and change comes about from the tragedy. Ahead of a court appearance the day after their arrest, an attorney for the defendants claimed that a video of their interaction with Brooks proved she was, quote, intoxicated, but not to the point that she couldn't give consent when she had sex with the men. 
But the, the video backfired as the judge said that, if anything, the tape reinforces their disregard for Brooks's life in violation of her rights. Here's everything we know about the case. Brooks and the four suspects met at Reggie's bar in Baton Rouge on January 14th. Footage from the bar shows Brooks falling over several times, stumbling and struggling to stand in front of at least one of the suspects before they left the bar together, according to an arrest warrant. Before the group left the bar, Mr. Carver alleged in a police interview, Brooks asked them to drop her off. Mr. Carver told authorities that Mr. Washington and the unidentified minor defendant asked Brooks to have sex. Although Mr. Carver said that Brooks consented to engage in intercourse, he admitted that she was, quote, very unstable on her feet, was not able to keep her balance, and was able, unable to speak clearly without slurring her words. When asked by investigators if he believed Brooks was too impaired to consent, Mr. Carver reportedly said, I guess. Mr. Washington and the minor then allegedly proceeded to rape Brooks in the car while Mr. Lee, the only adult in the group, stepped out of the vehicle, according to an arrest affidavit. Mr. Carver later told police that he felt uncomfortable and hated it. The men then dropped Brooks off in a neighborhood near Pelican Lakes Parkway while standing in the dark portion of the roadway around 3 a.m. on January 15th. Brooks was hit by a vehicle and died hours later in the hospital. Her blood alcohol content was four times the legal limit at the time of her death, and her autopsy shows injuries consistent with the sexual assault authority said. The defense's version of events. Ron Haley, an attorney for Mr. Washington and an underage suspect, has challenged the charges, claiming that the video of the incident showed Brooks was, quote, intoxicated, but not to the point where she could not, quote, lawfully give consent or answer questions during intercourse. Mr. Haley said Brooks exited the vehicle after an argument. Absolutely not rape. Listen, this is a tragedy. Definitely not a crime, Mr. Haley told KSLA. Can you tell that she was intoxicated? Yes. To the point under the law, you can say you're in a drunken stupor. To the point that you cannot lawfully give consent or answer questions, absolutely that was not the case. Mr. Haley also said that Brooks allegedly told the suspects that she was going to order an Uber after an argument unfolded. Based on a disagreement, she got out of the vehicle. She indicated she was getting an Uber, Mr. Haley alleged. I want the public to know these young men are really the driver of the vehicle, and the young men that were there did not pull, put her off on the side of the road. Um, and then they go on to talk about the video and how they released it to try to show that she wasn't that drunk, but it backfired because it very much showed that she was drunk, which... I feel like that was kind of obvious. So, yeah. Um, there's more in the article. We'll put the link in the episode. But that is the gist of the story. I'm, I forget what I was reading recently. Um, I'm, I'm blanking, but they they pointed out the difference between consent and meaningful consent. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it was so obvious, but when I read that, I was like, damn, that's that makes so much sense. And I'm, I'm glad I found the wording for that because it's like, if you have to point out a technicality mm-hmm. to have sex with somebody, that's still unconsensual. Right. Yeah, there's no like, oh, well, technically she could stand on her two feet. It's like, but why do you even have to do all that? Right. If, there's, if there's anything less than like full enthusiasm, right. your, your partner or whoever you're about to have sex with is not like jumping on you, ready to like right. get into it, you know? That's fucking right. Like, right. And so for them to do that, it's just, I mean, and, and I'm pretty sure all of them were intoxicated too, but that's not an excuse because yeah. being drunk just exaggerates the behavior mm-hmm. that you would normally do when you're sober. And you're driving a car, so you got to be sober enough to do that. And exactly. if you weren't, you're, that's another problem. Another thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, and dropping her off in the middle of nowhere. It's just. At three know. in the fucking morning? Are you, yeah. are you serious? And when she was that intoxicated. Right. And that's scary because young people's um, men's just attitude towards women in general is very poor. 
but like just like these young very very young people they're kids like mm-hmm. well they're 18 like, all like 17, yeah, 17 18, 18. yeah. No, to be that 28. yeah to be that young and to have that type of attitude towards women like you're not even like a jaded old head who just got like fucked up politics about mm-hmm. women or some shit like these fucking passport bros or no shit like that it's like yeah, these are kids where are you learning this shit from mm-hmm. that shit's scary as fuck probably like, from the 28 year old uncle that was with them right? yeah that's who had no regard for this girl and got out the car and didn't like try to stop the situation and like that's He's like so much you hated it these are kids make them stop why right. why is she in your car in the first place right exactly. help her also you are 28 you are a black man why is a drunk white girl in your car that yeah and, I, and I wasn't even <laughs> i wasn't even gonna go there but yes that is That's, you do you not know the historical like this is not good it doesn't look good regardless of what if if none of the things happen that clearly did happen it doesn't look good right yeah. don't put yourself in a situation where things can go terribly wrong right, right. they should have called that girl a car made sure she got in it and send her on her way from the bar. Like, yeah. there's no reason for her to be in their car. Yeah, there's. Um, I don't know if y'all seen this movie on Amazon called Emergency. I love that movie. It's I so love highly recommend. Oh my god, highly recommend. Oh, yeah, it's it's my list. <laughs> for y'all who haven't seen it, it's, it's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it's two college students. They both black. Obviously, from two different you know socializations or whatever. Mm-hmm. They come into their dorm after you know somebody left something uh, before they were going to a party. It's like I gotta go back and get it. Mm-hmm. There's this drunk white girl laying in litter and. The, the whole like the sequence of events that comes after this shit yeah. is fucking wild that movie was so fucking good yeah, but it just reminds job. me of yeah. that and then like one of the one of the guys who found her he was like fuck no this right. shit looks fucking terrible what right. do you mean like the fact that anybody could have anything other than that reaction to something like this is just like not a good look and, and then, then to take it a step further and actually and actually assault her terrible. Yeah. yeah that's awful yeah this is terrible, terrible. <sighs> yeah this is and I know like conservatives are probably gonna have a fucking feeling right yeah. Yeah. and now this is gonna inform a lot of other situations yeah. mm-hmm. that don't involve sexual assault but because of this mm-hmm. they're going to use it as a reason to assume that mm-hmm. falsely accuse and all this stuff so yeah absolutely i feel um i, feel I hate this that girl yeah i feel terrible for her yeah yeah Ooh, yeah. that was bad there will be updates to that story obviously so i'm adding it to the notes that i said i was going to create last week so that we can actually give y'all updates what was the other one that's on that note i will have to check the note okay. <laughs> <laughs> great that's why we need the note because i don't know and it's wild because i just edited the episode well, yesterday uh, so i should know oh right 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 and okay. then there's that mom that killed her kids and then this one mm. do we want to do the updates like on the episodes or should we find another way to do the updates like on our socials episodes okay yeah, on the socials too depending on what the updates are okay we'll figure it out <laughs> all right but we'll be back with our main story Okay, now ready. Okay, now we're back. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> I'm the investigator this week, and I felt it was really necessary to do this uh, story because we talked about Chris Brown last week, and I think that when conversations of domestic violence come up, nobody really thinks about the end game. Um, that you know, if somebody can punch a wall, if somebody can do one thing, they can do the next thing very easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they'll always take it that far, or it doesn't mean they can't, you know, get better with you know therapy, rehabilitation, and you know other shit. But a lot of times they don't, and a lot of times that happens to very young people. So that is why I chose this story. 
So this is the story of Emma Jane Walker. Have you heard of it? I don't believe so. Mm, no, yeah, I don't think so. so. All right. Trigger warnings, uh, mention of suicide, domestic violence, mental abuse, and gun violence. And if some more um, warnings pop up, then I, but that's what I got from the story. All right. Okay. So Emma Jane Walker was born on March 20th, 2000. She's a very young kid. Young. So I think that makes her a Pisces. Oh, wait, I missed the birthday. We uh, March twentieth, two thousand. All right, y'all. We'll be right back after we pay some bills. Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. The Drag Queen, Fat Girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess. And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch, a gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch while we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy and cunty with us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I into full drag? And we'll see you on The Big Cunty... Oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. (laughs) On the big cutty couch. Mwah. I think so. I'm not sure how Pisces like um, lines up with her personality traits, but we're gonna get to that in a second. So uh, Knoxville is like described as a rural town, and the Knox, um, the well, the Bobcats was like their mascot or whatever, and it was like a super huge, super popular team in that town. Um, they were really popular, even in the you know documentary. They were like. Yeah, this is in the Bible Belt, but like football is our religion. So mm-hmm. it was like very much that. And so Emma Walker, uh, as a freshman, she joined the cheerleading squad. There, uh, she was described as having a bubbly personality. She was described as being obsessed with cheerleading and like competition and stuff. She did competition cheer is so cool. It is. I used to be is. such a fucking hater, but like it really is cool. It is so cool. Um, the cheer documentary made me see like how yeah. cool it was. like the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I stopped watching season two because I know, uh, but it was really good. Season one was good. Yeah, no, season one was amazing. But yeah, she did cheerleading. She did gymnastics. She did dancing. They said that she loved being a leader. They said she was really competitive. Um, her siblings described her as like really, really goofy. Um, when they would talk about how she would dance, they would say, uh, she knows how to do the worm and that's it. I'm the worm. <laughs> like, everything else is just like, okay. <laughs> um, she's really petite. She only stood five four. So she was just like this really cute, bubbly girl and um yeah, she joined the cheerleading team. She was the only freshman who made it because of her history with like gymnastics Period. and stuff like this. It was really good. Riley Gall. Was oh, I'm just kidding. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Riley Gall, however, was uh, number eight on the football team, and he noticed her right away. Uh, he was described by his friends as being like a jock, but he had like a real strong and nerdy side to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a top student. Uh, he liked to play video games on the side or whatever. So this, he kind of struck me as the type to, you know, kind of like High School Musical. It's like <laughs> he has this whole other thing going on. Right. But at the same time, still playing like that jock role or whatever. It makes you think about Glee too. <laughs> yeah, it makes me. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, uh, they hit it off like immediately. Um, he went to go meet her parents, and they described him as like the boy next door he was very well mannered and stuff like that they just said it was they described it as a pretty normal relationship um they were allowed to hang out at the house but they weren't allowed to go on like formal dates and stuff mm-hmm. like that so he used to come over a lot you know he was like really shy because he didn't really like talking that much stuff like that so 
all of that seemed normal at first, but then her friends started to get concerned because his quietness turned into at this point he doesn't want to get to know her friends like mm. he's just not trying to make an effort to get to know her friends he's just not trying to be around her and hang out with her friends or whatever so they started describing him as i'm sorry they started describing him as clingy and isolating so he would try to do red more flag, and more flag, right super duper red flag, right like mm-hmm. immediately we already know this is gone so he would try to make it so that like he was the only one that she would hang out with and stuff like that and her uh friends would try to tell her but like she just brushed it off and then just kind of went off and did her own thing before did it so they used to have super dramatic fights they were described as quote unquote that couple um where they would have like super super dramatic fights at school and then they would make up um they said it was always drama with them and he would always do stuff like argue with her about social media you know especially like snapchat and stuff like that maybe probably like some other dudes like commenting on her shit or you know something like that um he would comment on what she wore a lot and for her mom that was like a super super red flag so she put her to the side and was like look i'm the only one who controls what you wear right like i'm the only one to tell you what to wear if a man tells you what to wear that's super red flag you need to watch out for him okay i like that me too um so then it just escalated like as they would get into fights more and more like the i guess like i don't know what to call it like the recoil period that part after the fight before you make up or Mm -hmm. um he would do stuff like go outside her job and just like wait for her to get off and stuff like no. she'll be sitting in the parking lot for hours mm-hmm. like waiting on her oh, that's terrifying yeah, right. to get off of work mm-hmm. so this is already like a million red flags offered and we ain't even got to like the worship oh boy so <clears throat> her friends told them that she could do better they like officially told her like I don't like him or whatever um he continued to make comments on her clothes and stuff like that and then she just brushed it she just brushed it off um he started sending her snapchat messages saying I hate you I hate everything about you. You're the biggest bitch I've ever met. What? Yeah. Like, wow. Why the fuck are you sending text messages like this to your girlfriend? Like, if you sort of, you quote unquote care about her or whatever. Um, so then it got so bad to the point where her parents like saw that it was taking like a mental toll on her. So they banned her from talking to him. Like, they took her phone yeah. and stuff. But he gave her iPod Touch. And that, I guess. You can text through Wi Fi or something yeah. like that. But I didn't I didn't know that. I, thing, message. But yeah. I remember that <laughs> being a kid. Right, I'm like, how do these young people know about iPod touches? That's what I'm saying. I didn't even know that was a like where did you get that from? Did you have <laughs> right. your parents have one? Right. Or you got that from a museum? Because that was like quick. It was like <laughs> iPod touch and then nothing. Like iPhones became Yeah. True. It really was just a quick second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it wasn't even a big thing. And what year was that that the last like iPod came out? I don't know. I want to say like it really did feel like it happened overnight. It, it did. It I mean, I was using it. I was using an iPod in high school. Same. Mm-hmm. Actually, I had one all the way up until 2012. I remember that because I wanted to get mine back from my ex boyfriend, and that was when I moved back to Atlanta. And mm-hmm. it was in his car, and I never got it back, which I'm still still heard about. <laughs> <laughs> Too. You heard that, right? <laughs> if you're listening, music database. Like, I know listen. that used to be serious. I had thousands and thousands of old playlists on. Yeah, there. that used to be so serious. All those LimeWire songs. Listen, Bear Share, mm-hmm. Underscore, everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, um, I think maybe 2010. I won't say, but I don't know. Yeah. Um. So he continued to, I 
guess he gave her iPod touch just so he could keep cussing her out because that's what it, that's what happened. That's awful. No. Every time he would cuss her out, it so it became a pattern at this point. He would cuss her out and then he would send a message right back like, "I love you so much. I'm so sorry. I mean, mm-hmm. classic mm-hmm. abuser, classic mm-hmm. hot and cold behavior." Yeah. Um. So her parents tried to cut it all the way off, but he had a very like at this time it was probably like normalized to her so he had this very special way of like isolating her from everybody um so when they said that they didn't like him it made him not more appealing but you know when someone already feels like they're the enemy or somebody already mm-hmm. feels like everybody doesn't like them it's like see you know they don't like yeah. you because you know such and such yeah and also as a teenager like your parents tell you not to do something you like automatically are like hmm I kind of want to do that yeah you know? that's so. true it, it seems more romantic at that point or yeah. more rebellious right which is something that all teenagers want to do um so yeah her parents tried to cut her off and um so at this point Riley turns 18, he goes to college. Okay. Like, well, he goes to a local college, so he's not super duper far from. <laughs> I was about to say bye. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, could you go to California? So she goes away to the college, and um, but he still like comes back and like he still visits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, they take like final measures to ground her. She cannot leave the house unless she's going to school. I think she can still do like activities and stuff like that, but they they're taking her to and fro like you're not going nowhere um so she would sneak out she sneaked out and so like they grounded her for real for real like okay now you're not going nowhere okay um this is why so just a quick aside i know having children is obviously a very difficult thing but i have a friend who has a friend whose daughter is like preteen age and she got caught like sexing with a girl and it that she got a warning right and then like she kept doing it and then so her mom like took her phone and like forbade her from talking to this girl ever again and i'm just like that's not a good solution because what she's gonna do now instead of coming to you next time she has questions about sex or a girl that she likes she's gonna just find ways to be sneakier like them grounding her did nothing she just decided to start sneaking out and i'm sure she just got better and better at it over time Mm -hmm. and it's like i know it's difficult i know it's like i'm sure a gut reaction just be like well you ain't doing shit then because you ain't listening to me Mm -hmm. but like you gotta create space for your kids to be able to talk to you about these things and so you can have the space to give them guidance because otherwise we're just gonna do what they want to do anyway and put themselves in harm's way and you're not gonna know shit about it right yeah i don't know this situation feels weird because like with that like i feel like the sexting was harmless yeah. probably but like this they're trying to protect her from like an abuser so i'm yeah. like i don't know i agree though yeah. like i think you you can't just be like hardball with your kids if you want them to come to you but i'm like how else would they protect her yeah that's real if she's like actively being abused and danger yeah and manipulated i don't know except for like killing the the kid which i would do yeah (laughs) listen the way the way this shit goes down i'm I'm honestly with you on that like it's just at this point and then it's also a different beast because i feel like when i was i mean i didn't get a cell phone too super late but even when i was at the age of the person you were talking about at 13 we didn't have like cell phones weren't mainstream like that no i had one but yeah you might have like a little nokia flashlight or something like that but it ain't like social media it's not your computer yeah Yeah. you had all these things separated from each other and once you leave school i mean unless somebody call your house when you get home it's a wrap like yeah you don't know where people are stuff like that and so with all this technology they're able to track each other and keep in touch with each other at all times which is just something it's a whole nother sharing locations (sighs) honestly i was thinking about this the other day the way that couples can be enmeshed now is like 
high key dangerous like yeah. in a domestic violence situation or any mm-hmm. kind of situation where you need to create healthy boundaries mm-hmm. yeah like if your partner is like you have to have on your location at all times you mm-hmm. have to have on your red receipts like mm-hmm. that's that's a lot yeah. yeah i was talking to my friend and not even in like an abusive situation but she's dealing with a guy and he had texted her and i was like you don't have to respond right now right mm-hmm. she's like i feel like i have to i'm like no you don't like you do not have to be like always accessible to people right. mm-hmm. and because of the way technology is that's an expectation mm-hmm. like if you text me and i don't want to respond for a couple hours that should be okay it is yeah but because of it it's like i know you were with your phone like i know i saw you on instagram right yeah or right. i saw you doing this so i know you had your phone why didn't you text me I'm like damn right. <laughs> can i have a second <laughs> i was literally just gonna make that point i was gonna say like social media is so important now and technology is so important now it's like it, you're expected to be like on it all the time and yeah. then if you don't it's seen as negative like, right oh you didn't take me back you must be cheating right like, must be second dick you right. know that type shit and it's just like no the only other thing you could be doing <laughs> it doesn't matter like niggas just want you else can I take a nap like, right. right so yeah so um at this point she's grounded to the point where she can't see Riley anymore they break up and it seems to work um, her parents started to say that like she was socializing more, her mood changed, and she texted her friends, uh, we're done for good. So they were super happy about that. They was like, yeah, okay, great. Now we got her back or whatever. Mm-hmm. On the other side of things at the school, um, I'm blanking on what school he went to, but um, his friends started to notice that his mood changed really like drastically. Um, and he just started talking about like possibly committing suicide all the time. Oh, wow. Um, he, yeah, he just kept saying that he wanted to like hurt himself or whatever. So he ended up trying by swallowing a bunch of Vicodin with alcohol. Jesus. Mm-hmm. But it was, for the guest, though, right? but it was unsuccessful. I mean, obviously whatever but his friends were like super worried about him as they fucking shit because i mean even though at this point he's showing signs of being a piece of shit they still need community to keep themselves from hurting other people and to from hurting himself so mm-hmm. um so they were trying to look out for him or whatever but he's just he just kept doing weird shit so emma goes to a kickback with her friends at at this point she's able to like go other places she's not like super grounded no more is emma black no. Okay. I'm like, she's like, a kickback? Right, I'm like, do white people say kickback? Or is that just what you said? Yeah, I said oh, okay. <laughs> I was watching, like, the documentary, and I was, like, typing. I was like, oh, okay, cute. A little kickback. A little cute function. What would um, they say? A house party? Yeah. I, I don't know, because it's not necessarily a, a get-together? Part. Yeah. Maybe? A, a gathering? Let us know, white people. <laughs> a shindig. <laughs> a shindig. Wait, I was wearing shoes with this. And we used to call our, our events get-togethers. Uh, get really? Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, okay. Like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but they were. They were like, people getting together. together. I feel like that's very adult. Like, it's yeah. very much forties having a dinner party too. there was never any alcohol though Ooh. I mean I was a kid so that shouldn't have mattered to me but yeah. like, y'all are boring this party is lame <laughs> what did she tell me girls when she had her party did she say get together I'm having a small thing in my house or whatever oh I don't know I don't know that's what she said okay, a small thing. you better be there either way they don't say kickback oh, okay, cool. well, I say kickback <laughs> um, so while she's at the party she starts getting like these super weird messages um this it's an anonymous number and they're saying like I've got somebody love he's in a ditch outside the house and she's super super fucking scared at this point that's horrible um they keep getting messages like you know I'm gonna kill him like I'm gonna do all this thing if you don't like come outside da, 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 da. um just to paraphrase like the text messages or whatever um 
So Emma and Zach leave the house and Riley is like face down in like the bushes outside the party. What? Yeah. And he's like holding his head. I'm not <laughs> No, it's so absurd. It's so absurd. Please do. Because this shit does not... Because he's not hurt for real. Because why did you actually pretend to be in a ditch? Like, no, bro. No. <laughs> when I tell you the theatrics, the theatrics are so strong with this one. And this ain't even the worst shit that he pulled. So oh, my just, God. Just buckle up, y'all. Not holding your head. So he was like holding his head like, oh, I don't know how I got here. That whole thing. Like, basically, like he, like he got hit on the head or like he was... um. I don't I don't know what to call it, like uh deranged or something like that. I don't know. Uh deluded. Um so she's like super, super upset. She's crying at this point and she's just like, Okay, I don't know what the fuck going on. I just wanna be left alone. Like mm-hmm. that's her reaction to the so she goes on. Um so Riley I guess the situation didn't turn out like he expected it to. And then he started trying to like do like, uh, was it crisis control or like, mm-hmm. um, you know, just try to like make the story seem more plausible, I guess. So he called his friend and was like, Oh, I just got kidnapped. Like I'm over here. Da, 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 da. They dropped me off in the middle of the, I don't know how I got here and stuff like that. His friend is trying to be there for him. He's like, okay, cool. So do you want to call the cops? Like what are we doing? And he was like, no, 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 no cops. So he was like, oh, okay. So they asked him in the interview. They was like, did you believe him? He was like, no, not for a second. But like, <laughs> what can you do? Like, yeah. <laughs> you can't call your... shit all the time. Right. Like, you can't just call your friend a compulsive liar like Alfred. You yeah. Know I mean? So one day, Riley is at home by herself. Mind you, uh, Emma's at mind home. You, like I said, say what? Emma's at home? Oh, I'm saying, I said Riley. I'm tripping. Um, Emma's at home by herself. And she's supposed to meet her mom somewhere. I'm thinking this is like in the afternoon or whatever, um, heading into like night. She's supposed to meet her mom somewhere. And somebody in all black, like all, like sunglasses, black hat, black shirt, black pants, everything, comes running up the street, Mm-mm. banging on the door like like really super hard or whatever. So she was so scared that she called Riley. She was like, I hate you, but I really need you right now. Yeah. Like knowing, I guess he'll pull up if she really call him or whatever. So he's yeah. like, oh, I'm speeding. Like I'm on my way. It was mom pulls up because she didn't show to the place where she was supposed to meet her. And she sees Riley in the front yard. She was like, oh, no, you're not supposed to be here. You got to go. Right. Like, you're banned from the south. You've been banned from the south for a minute. You got to go right now. Right. I know she's scared or whatever is going on, but you got to get the fuck up out of here. Mm-hmm. So he leaves. He's obviously fucking pissed. Um, so um, I lost my place. I'm sorry. Yeah. So she bans Riley from the house. Okay. So this is um, another day that like the family is all hanging out or whatever um emma has a craving for ice cream they go to sonic they have a good ass time like the whole family's just sonic is good um and that night before bed her father said that she seemed really happy and just like almost like a weight had been lifted off of her shoulders her friends talked to her and they were like oh we were talking about homework like we talked about homework that we all procrastinated on or something like that and um she just seemed cool and every, everything just seemed like super normal or whatever so emma went to bed around midnight um but in order to like get up for school she usually gets up for school around like six or something like that and her mom is always the one that wakes her up so that morning her mom came to wake her up and she said that it's usually really easy to wake emma up but this time emma wasn't 
like getting up she would shake her and she wasn't waking up so she checked her pulse and she couldn't find it mm. Whew, okay so this part broke my heart she called 911 and she doesn't really remember like the events leading like the events following after that like mm-hmm. and that 911 call oh my god it's heartbreaking um yeah so she said she doesn't remember much else after that um so they came and like took pictures of everything like cops come they take pictures of everything and they're looking at it like it's a suicide Mm -hmm. basically because there's no evidence in the room so far to suggest that you know somebody came in there's no you know breaking in or anything like that so they're taking pictures of everything and then like there's this little tiny spot by her bed where you see like this really tiny bullet hole and so then after they saw that they were like okay no this is this is now a homicide investigation what she wasn't bleeding she wasn't i don't think she was bleeding or anything like well not to the point where they like knew exactly what happened right yeah so they had to kind of like look at ballistics to figure out like what had happened to her right oh my god um yeah they said the room like typical just looked like a typical girl's room it was like you know clothes everywhere all the type stuff like that which i would i would imagine that like unless you're like a person who's like really good with details you probably would have missed it because Mm -hmm. the picture that i saw it looked really really small um and you could easily for for me you could easily mistake it as like oh she was like trying to like i don't know maybe hang something next to her bed or something oh wow like that like, like, like a little a, nail hole or something yeah like put a little, you know like i have an invisible shelf above my bed it looked like a nice size hole like a yeah that's kind of what jesus so they found two shell casings outside mm. so then they made they now concluded that it was highly likely that one suspect fired two shots into the house um so they also concluded that the shooter had to know that she slept behind that wall. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was fired at two different angles. So there's one that went through, like her bed is like this, like her bed is facing one way and the bullet is like perpendicular, like an intersection mm-hmm. to her bed. Wow. And so then the other bullet is in the exact same different, like uh, direction as her bed is facing. So imagine like a bullet being able to like go into her, uh, it got lodged into her pillow. Oh, wow. from the from the top of her head, right? Jesus. So the one that hit her was the one that ran like an intersection to her wall, and it hit her behind the ear, like it hit oh. her right there. So oh my god, awful. she was sleeping and she yeah. got shot. Yeah, she was sleeping. That is so horrifying. It is. Yeah, it is. So she most likely never even woke up. Yeah, she just. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. Yeah. So the cops started questioning everybody and everybody was like Riley you know go go pick him up go ask him questions yeah whatever meanwhile he's on Twitter saying and I quote rest easy sweetheart (gasps) you're lying I love you I love you I love you and that was weird too detectives because I think well one of the detectives from the documentary was talking about social media and like how you know through that perception you would look at that and think that like this is just like some ex-boyfriend who lost his like ex-girlfriend or something like that like damn that's fucked up like she but but yeah so they kind of that was a little odd um yeah to detectives <laughs> um her school held a vigil they let like a whole bunch of balloons go and stuff like that um i want to say he showed up I want to say he showed up to to the vigil. It was that was during the documentary, and I was like typing, but I'm pretty sure he did. Um, so at this point, he starts trying to like 
do this whole thing again where he's trying to like, I don't know, make his story more believable or whatever. Um, but his roommates like weren't fucking buying that shit. So they went to the cops and they told them that Riley had stolen a gun. Um, and that he said that he did it because he was so afraid of the kidnappers and he was so afraid of the person who went to Emma's house. And so he said that he had took the, taken the gun from his granddad or something like that. Um, so this made detectives look for security cameras, but the resolution wasn't good enough to catch faces. What's the point of the camera then? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I guess like back then, like rain cameras weren't that great because you can catch just like four blocks social security right. numbers off and shit now. So. Right, true. Um. So meanwhile, again, Riley is on social media quoting Bible verses and shit. Like he's actively trying to make oh, this, this nigga shit. must be stopped. Yeah, because <laughs> not you stole the gun because you was scared to kidnap. Nigga, shut your you kidnapped shut your, your damn self. I literally paused that shit Wait, on that side. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> you drove to this place and laid down in a ditch and held your head oh that would have got on my nerves so bad where did you leave the keys friend because it's just yeah no um so detectives went and um picked him up um they said that he seemed cool at first. I think they talked to him like at his house and then they pulled him into the interview room and it was like night and day. He was cool at his house and stuff like that. But then when they got to the interview room, he seemed really cold. He came off really um, passionless, oh, compassionless. And uh, they also said that he kept calling Emma the girl. He didn't the say. The girl? Yeah. He's like, I was, uh, I would never, I would never harm the girl or like harm that girl or something like that. It was just like, he kept saying the girl. He like depersonalizing it. Yeah. To keep from saying her name and they were like with the girl what do you mean he was like the girl and they were like you mean emma and he was like who and he they would like make him say her name or whatever trying to like i guess that's so weird which is yeah which that should let them know offer it um they said it also seemed like he just like had a really dark side so he claimed that he broke down on the night of the murder um but cops didn't notice that he was also showing that same normally when people say like i broke down that night over this thing they show some emotional sign of it in the interview or whatever or they break down crying again or something yeah like, that, like it brings him back didn't do any of that so that something they didn't notice um so his friends had by this time had already told the cops about the gun and all the stuff like that um noah his other friend went to the police and told them that riley um riley had asked how to get fingerprints off the gun now okay and he said that riley said that he was asking for his roommate so like oh, i'm not asking for myself i'm asking for my roommate which noah thought was fucking weird and he was like don't ever ask me no shit like that again. <laughs> but his friends seem to have level heads like i don't yeah that's but what i'm saying i so guess I'm they like, were just like oh that's just riley until yeah, it got too far yeah but i mean nobody ever thinks it's gonna go this far right yeah. why i wanted to do this story um so at this point noah is tired of riding lion they invited him over to play video games and they did like a little video recording or whatever oh, and so oh on their own accord yeah on their own accord. wow so they kept trying to like not get him to admit it, but at least get him to talk about, like, the gun or something. Mm-hmm. But Riley, and I'm thinking, like, maybe he knew he was being filmed. He tried to kind of, like, talk about this, like, fake version of the story. Mm-hmm. Basically saying, like, oh, when y'all, like, when y'all did y'all's interviews to the cops, y'all was, like, high on LSD and stuff. So, like, it makes sense that y'all thought that, you know, that type of shit. And then he was like, 
what? But he felt like it would throw them off. Like, it would become obvious that they was recording it, and mm-hmm. they was like, no, the fuck we weren't. Like, that type of shit. So he was like, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, that type of shit. So eventually, in the recording, they get him to mention the gun. They were like, and he was like, okay, y'all gotta help me go to um, the bluffs. The bluffs was like this wooded area um, by the Tennessee River where like all the teenagers would go and like hang out, smoke, and all, mm-hmm. all this extra shit. So he was like, "Y'all gotta help me get to the bluffs and help me um, and help me like dump this gun or whatever." So when they pull up, what well, they're talking the whole way there and they're trying to like stay calm or whatever. They took him to cookout, like it was just like a whole bunch of stuff. They're trying to like everybody trying to stay calm and not trying to act like they're recording or whatever. So, um, they kept trying to get him to talk about the gun, but he still wouldn't really talk about it mm-hmm. until they pulled up and then that's when they actually saw it. Like they had never, like they hadn't even seen it up until this point. So, he pulls the gun out, but he's pulling out other stuff too. He's pulling out like a whole bunch of black clothes and stuff like that because that's what he's mm-hmm. gonna he's gonna dump those too. Um, but he didn't know, and I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure if the boys knew. Maybe they did that the police were telling them the entire time. Mm. So as soon as he drew the gun out, or like they start to step out to like go dump the stuff, like the police draw down on them immediately, mm-hmm. and then within 90 seconds, everybody's arrested. Damn. So police searched the car. They found um, black clothing. They found other evidence that suggested that he was the man in black who, like, um, ran was, like, ran, ran mm-hmm. around the house. Talking about I'm speeding on my way. Yeah. It's like, you... Yeah. Well, I hate that. I really hate that. Yeah. And I hate that this she... terrifying. Yeah. I hate that he had his phone on silent, too. I wish he had been able to, like, call him and heard that shit ring outside or something. Right. Um, so they pulled him back in the interview room and... He he confesses saying that like he was trying to and this ends up being his defense too. He was trying to scare her by shooting through the wall, I guess, so that he could like be her hero or something. Um, That's his defense. His defense doesn't make any sense. He is delusional. Which is why I'm like I'm still like why the fuck do you even want to scare somebody? Throw. This is fucked up. Don't but like, scare people. Don't scare. Don't scare people. That's that's a that's a one hundred percent no. But in the mind of like somebody who is like a kid and like Joe, your frontal lobe is fucking mashed potatoes. And we talked about plenty of times on this uh, podcast. Throw a little rock in her window or something. Right. Oh, don't do know? something that could result in her death or any type of injury. Why would you do? That? And I don't. Th- I think it's bullshit. But yeah, no, I don't think it's bullshit. Because if I was going to scare somebody, if I was evil, like, if I was an evil-minded person, I would just cut the powers off. I, I don't know. Like, I don't... Right. Shooting... Definitely other options. Shooting a gun... Like, going to get the gun from your grandfather so you could shoot through the wall, that's... And you knew she was sleeping right there. You didn't shoot through... Right. Her you parents. Shoot the mirror off the wall. You didn't shoot through the living room window. You knew she was sleeping up... You and know, you shot directly into her bed. Exactly, because you knew she slept behind that wall. Twice. You knew that because you've been there. You knew the house. Um, so they looked through ballistics. They were they figured that he shot her intentionally because you know there's no other way that a bullet right next to the wall where she sleeps could have hit her for scaring her or whatever like that. So they went with that and he got convicted. Convicted and first degree murder carries an automatic life sentence. Um in Tennessee. So he wasn't able to like plea out or anything like that. 
His trial started. His trial started. His trial started uh, two years later. Uh, he was convicted May 2018 to an automatic life sentence. Um, and Emma's parents, at the end of you know the documentary, they were saying they hope that Emma's story can open up a line of communication between teenagers and their parents mm-hmm. because a lot of times when we think about mental abuse, when we think about you know domestic violence nobody thinks about kids yeah right and so everybody's so afraid that their parents you know won't love them anymore or like won't be there for them and stuff like that so they're saying you know like be there for your kids and open up that line of communication and stuff um i also just wanted to share some interesting stats too it said they said um one in three women one in seven men will um experience an abusive relationship. I didn't know it was that high for men, honestly. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like one in 30 or something. I don't know. I think because so so often when we think about uh, abuse in relationships, we think about physical abuse. Mm-hmm. And like, I think, well, I'm not, this is me speculating, but I think in relationships where men are being abused, it's oftentimes like, you know, destroying their things, mm-hmm. blocking them out of the house, mm-hmm. like verbally abusing them, you know, yeah. things like that. I'm not saying it's never physical or it's not as physical or whatever. Like those things are also possible, but I think it may look a little different. Yeah. Um, and the very last thing I wanted to share is just something um, sweet that I thought happened. Um, Emma's parents, after after she died, well, they, they covered their house in pictures of her anyway, just, you know, to remind them of her. Mm-hmm. But they ended up finding like surprise pictures in their phones that they didn't know about Aww. after she died. And I just thought that was so sweet. I cried. Um, <laughs> it was just so cute how like he, they asked him, they were like, do you look at these often? He was like, oh, absolutely. Like, and it's just like her being goofy and her being just like her cute self and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'm just really grateful to the parents for sharing Emma's story because people think domestic violence, they don't think like really young people, mm-hmm. which is what well, I guess all of this ties back into, you know, Chris Brown being held accountable for, you know, what he did when he was 19, 19, 20 years old. And we're like, oh, he was so young. He was so young. That doesn't, that's not an excuse. Yeah. Like, and that always leads to escalated behavior as we see like we, with how he abused Karuchi and how like you know he assaulted other people after that so it's just like yeah. it keeps going and oftentimes this shit ends in permanent damage or death you know so mm-hmm. it's just important you know to talk about so a sad story Whew. yeah very sad story and I hope that something comes out of this as far as like the story that her parents want well the line of communication that her parents want kids to open up with their parents because it happens more often than people think so. it really does yeah that's yes. the story of Emma Jane Baker wow Whew. rest in peace to her that yeah, was definitely. getting shot in your sleep really is horrifying that, yeah I can't absolutely horrifying it's horrible yeah Aww. So I just looked up her picture. Yeah. You can just see the bubbly personality in like all her pictures. Mm-hmm. It's just sad. It's just that your, your life can be stolen from somebody. All right. We'll be back with Should This Be a Crime? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Should this be a crime? Here we go. 
All right. So we have an article from the New York Post that says Georgia woman intentionally crashes vehicle into Popeye's over missing biscuits. Of course it was Georgia. Yeah. I'm like, damn, why couldn't be Florida? I know. I'm going to say it's either Florida and then it's probably Georgia. It's like, I can't speak on Florida too much because Georgia's trash. Yeah. We ain't even got beaches. Exactly. Unless it's like Savannah. Don't know what I mean. But yeah. <laughs> a Georgia woman allegedly drove her vehicle. Alleged. How the fuck did you allegedly drive? The day again. Is the bitch? Is the what, is the window fucked up? Because you don't know. Yeah. Allegedly drove her vehicle into a Popeyes restaurant on purpose after biscuits were mistakenly left out of her order, according to officials. Belinda H. Miller, age fifty, was charged with first degree criminal damage to property and aggravated assault. Deputies with the Richmond County Sheriff's Office were called to the Popeyes location on Walton Way in Augusta after receiving reports of an accident with injuries. The store's manager told police Miller became angry when she discovered no biscuits with her order and that she then drove her SUV down into a restaurant and just that was right Belinda that is so damn <laughs> ridiculous the manager said the restaurant corrected the mistake and gave her the biscuits prior to the crash please oh. the woman also said the woman no the manager also said that the woman threatened staff before the incident including calling the store and threatened to drive her car into the building oh Belinda was having a bad yeah, day yeah she was having a day Miller nearly struck an 18 year old employee with her vehicle when she crashed into the store she continued driving into the store until her vehicle was stopped by debris according to the arrest warrants the woman fled the scene after crashing into the restaurant and headed south on Gordon Highway running? <clears throat> on driving oh. <laughs> her SUV was later found <laughs> her SUV was later found at her home <laughs> with damage to the front the woman was booked into the Charles B. Webster Detention Center on Wednesday and given a bond of more than $4,000. I wonder if she went home and ate her Popeyes first. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at that point, I would. Right. I would. That jail food is trash. She knew she was going to be eating that bologna and cool off. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Although it is unclear if she remains in custody, um, I don't know why that's unclear. unclear. <laughs> like, <laughs> is the bitch in jail or not? Right? Y'all need to do your research immediately after getting locked the fuck up. So I don't know why it's unclear <laughs> that she remains in custody. Maybe they didn't feel like doing the research. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's what happened. That is wow. Which part are we deciding is a crime? <laughs> the biscuit off of the order. I mean, that would be upsetting. Yeah. But also, the biscuits choke you out, yeah. which also feels like a crime. Yeah. You, you definitely shouldn't be trying to kill nobody over the over that. Biscuit. Yeah, especially when they gave you the biscuit. <laughs> and that's what's really wild. Yeah. That they corrected the mistake. And it was probably fresh, too, because I'm assuming they didn't give the biscuit because they didn't have any fresh. No. You know, probably. sometimes they're like, oh, we need a few minutes to make more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was probably not having it. Yeah, Belinda. Next time you're having a bad day, call your friends and go to the spa or something. Yeah, yeah. friend. Don't be harassing the Popeyes. They don't get paid enough. I promise you they don't get paid enough for that shit. You could have went down for a murder charge. If yeah. You could have hit that 18-year-old. And they had died? Oh, my God. What an SUV. Biscuit. I'm just thinking, like, damn, what kind of SUV was this? 
It was a big enough SUV to go into a whole building, right? Back up and drive all the way to her house. True, the big mama trucks. It's got to be. I'm talking about it's like a Ford Explorer. Yeah, the Ford Explorer. Multiple kids escalate. (laughs) Yeah, the GMC. It was strong enough for her to leave the scene and go home and eat her meal. Yeah, in peace. (laughs) I'm fucking dead. (laughs) Belinda was like, Bertha, they about to come get me. <laughs> Over the pop She probably told them what she was gonna do. Yeah. That shit funny as fuck. Um, well nobody got hurt. I mean, somebody did get hurt. Injured probably, but not like killed. Um I don't know, I'm struggling with this one because I don't want nobody to go to jail over this shit. I just it sounds like she got an anger problem or she yeah. just, like, having a terrible I would like to know what's going on with Belinda. Yeah, <laughs> I think whatever happened earlier that day with Belinda is the crime because it clearly put her in a bad mood. And I understand. I've been there. Did I tell y'all about my Popeye's story? Oh, oh Lord. It's about when you pulled up and that lady got smart with you or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because I was like, Oh, can I get, you know, the the three piece or whatever. She's like, Oh, we don't have chicken legs or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll just get some like strips. Oh, we don't have strips. <laughs> I said, Oh, okay, so what do you have? Chicken. <laughs> and y'all, I almost drove through the place. I almost drove through. <laughs> I, understand. I get it, Melinda. I understand. Oh man. <laughs> it's tough. Because I feel like the worse the attitude be at food establishments, the better the food be, usually. Yes. It depends, though. Like, at Jamaican restaurants and Waffle Houses, that is always true. Oh, yeah, specifically. Popeyes is pretty consistent across the board. But, I mean, everybody there be having a bad time, usually. So, I don't know if that makes the food good or if that's just, like, correlation is not causation. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't need nobody to be nice when it comes to my food. But, like, don't play with me. No, and then that's what I felt like. I don't need you to smile and say, good day, ma'am. I don't need it. Right. Yeah. But don't tell me you have chicken. <laughs> You just told me you had a right. fucking chicken. It's fucking Popeyes, bitch. <laughs> I'm still upset a little. No, okay. I can tell. <laughs> I noticed this not the on, even on the same way, but this I I think about this every like three months. I used to work up in there, and this white bitch. <laughs> I think I already told the story on air before, um, but I'm gonna tell it again because this bitch get on my fucking nerves. And I, I'm mad about it. <laughs> So I did it right, would you still be upset? I, still <laughs> I used to work at I used to work in Panera on Roswell and this homeless person came in, they asked for like a cup or uh, for coffee or whatever. And they were like, How much is it? I was like, it's just coffee, it's fine. Like you just mm-hmm. go and get the coffee. <laughs> And this white bitch, cashmere down. Like, black American express car, everything. Like, that, that type of bitch. Just got a blowout from across the street. <laughs> Asked for some coffee, and I was like, okay, that'll be 173. And she was like, oh no, it's just coffee. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I used to read headlines and think that shit was very trailer park when, like, people used to fight customers and shit. But you see, in that moment. <laughs> Because I'm still mad. Like, no, that's definitely some bullshit. I just hope all her kids got all the college and they don't fuck with her. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the type of person that would have earned that. That type of energy. But yeah, so. Oh, Why you jealous
top not notch. Yet or this is not even Duncan. This is top notch Ethiopian <laughs> fresh boo. Like no, 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 coffee. We wrote this shit thirty minutes ago. It's just sitting in a big ass canister in the dining room. Right. Right. Anyway, I know we got off on a terrible tangent because I just got upset. <laughs> We're gonna read it in and say, oh. "Is it a crime to be a Popeyes biscuit?" Absolutely. Yes. Which is dry as fuck. As hell. <laughs> and the chicken not greasy. How do you even make it that thick? That's what I'm saying. You can make a biscuit that just it expands as it gets moist in your mouth and yeah. clogs your throat. British people think our biscuits are scones because of Popeyes. Yeah, that they fucking video. That video. And no, no, this, this is a scone. And that confirmed to me the British people making shit up because it's like when the cameras are on, then y'all like it's a scam. Right. I feel like as soon as that camera come out, this shit is a biscuit. <laughs> but yeah, no. This because of Popeyes. They tried a Popeyes biscuit, and that's why he said this mm-hmm. shit. All of our biscuits are not scones. Uh, people in the UK, okay, they soften and butter, and they supposed to they supposed to be moist. It's okay? flaky. You're supposed to be able to yeah. eat them by themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't not, you don't need greasy dripping chicken. <laughs> and an extra large spray to lubricate your throat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, so yeah, that's definitely a crime. Um, should Belinda go to jail? I don't think so. I think she needs um management resources. Was that my phone? Okay, she needs a she hug. Needs, for um, real. get a hug. Several mm-hmm. yeah. management resources, and also maybe if y'all paid niggas more, they wouldn't forget to put the business in the bag. Also bad. Probably. Maybe if y'all, because, you know, in fast food, when you don't put the ticket on, like, fast enough or whatever, mm-hmm. like, that shit looks bad on y'all's, like, ticket times and shit, so they probably didn't want to tell her that. They probably was just like, okay, fuck it. She can come back around after we bake some more or whatever. Yeah. If y'all didn't run this whole fucked up system of underpaying people and, I don't know, back there whipping people to make, make money. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that, all this shit wouldn't happen, but so Blank out of them. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, fuck white yeah. supremacy. And Belinda, I hope you get that hug. Yeah. yeah. And I hope you go somewhere else for your biscuits because you can do better. Yeah, you definitely don't. You deserve better. You deserve better. <laughs> 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 well, let us know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the meantime, you can find us online at I Killer Podcast on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram and Iana Killer Pod on Twitter. You can find us on Apple iTunes, Apple Music. You can find us on Spotify and literally anywhere else where you can find podcasts. Even Pandora. Even Pandora. Yep. Thanks, Killer Bees. Thank you, Killer Bees. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs>